0: Welcome back to Licensed to Spiel. I'm Thad Haidt. And
1: I'm Carl Wonders.
0: And this week, we are talking about Quantum of Solace.
1: Yes, we are. Quantum of Solace. The Quantum of Solace. The Quantum of Solace. I don't know what that means. What does it mean?
0: The only direct sequel Bond film.
1: Yep. like Literally right after the end of Casino Royale. Yeah. Here.
0: Which feels kind of weird especially like i remember really thinking it was weird when i watched it in the theater because it had been a few years since i you know seen casino royale at that point like Uh if you're like marathoning the bond films which oh boy that would be an undertaking uh (laughs) then it makes a certain amount of sense Mm -hmm. but it's still kind of weird
1: especially because they don't ever do this again i think it makes sense in a way just the story they're telling and how it's you know Bond emotionally coming to grips with what happened at the end of Casino Royale, really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I think that works. I mean, so, you know, this movie came out in 2008, so it's two two years later. And they went on and got Mark Forster to be the director, which I always thought was an odd choice. He was most known, I would say, for doing Monsters Ball, the movie that Halle Berry won the Oscar for.
0: Mm, I have not seen Monsters Ball.
1: I have not either. Um, I've seen clips of Monsters Ball and... It's not Bondy. He did Finding Neverland, Stranger Than Fiction, The Kite Runner.
0: Okay, Stranger Than Fiction I absolutely love.
1: Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's a good director. Mm-hmm. And according to Wikipedia, he is doing an upcoming Thomas and Friends film, which is interesting.
0: I think everyone in Britain does a Thomas and Friends film at some point or another. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan was the narrator for Thomas for a while.
1: Yes, he was. I remember that. My My daughter used to watch it. Thankfully, she doesn't anymore. Um,
0: <laughs> As a child of the 90s, not, nothing beats George Carlin.
1: No, that that threw me for a loop, honestly. The first time she puts on an episode and it's George Carlin narrating Thomas and Friends. <laughs> so I'm like, what? What?
0: Only in the U.S., though. They never had that over yeah. in the U.K.
1: I kept expecting him to drop some F-bombs in there or something, about talking about Sodor, but he never did. I... I will say this is probably a record for us because I didn't even get through who wrote this movie before we jumped down a rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's go back to anyway, <laughs> Yeah, uh,
1: so just like uh, Casino Royale, this is a duo of, well, we have Neil Purvis and Robert Wade yet again. Uh, also, uh, Paul Haggis again contributing to the script here. Mm-hmm. So it's the same team that wrote Casino Royale. Which makes sense. Uh, yeah. And, I don't know, what did you think of this movie when it came out?
0: I was unimpressed. Okay. I, so for years, I've thought of this as the Bond movie I can never remember. <laughs> okay. Like, as in, I watched it, there were some ac- action sequences, but then, like, a couple weeks later, I couldn't tell you what the plot was. Okay, yeah. Uh, I did, I, on your prompting, I believe, actually, um, mm-hmm. last year early last year before we decided to do this podcast, I rewatched it and ended up liking it more than I had before. Okay. And I think that still mostly held true this time, although there it does have some problems.
1: It 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 does. It feels almost like a movie that they have they said we have to have these action sequences and they whittled down the connective tissue of the movie to the point where it really, a lot of times, feels like you're going from action beat to action beat, mm-hmm. and then there are other parts where there's like some long stretches in there. But especially the beginning, I I hadn't seen it in a while, and I've you know, from going from the the car chase at the beginning, then you have the credits, and then you have the foot chase, and then you have the the thing in in hate. You know, it just it just jumps around so quickly from place to place that it's it's it seems a little jarring at times. Uh, it's not helped by the fact, and and I'll probably gonna complain about this throughout (laughs) i think the editing of this movie is atrocious (laughs) yeah it's not great this is the movie that just screams to me we the producers watched a whole bunch of jason bourne movies and then said let's do that yeah Uh, but they didn't get paul greengrass and they didn't get his editing team so they can't do that style of cutting
0: it also definitely has like that Michael Bay, early two- early to mid-2000s, like, yellowish camera lens effect going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah
1: I have also like this movie more now than I did when it came out, and <laughs> to be honest, I think a lot of it has to do with my opinion of the next two movies, which has not improved over time. Full
0: disclosure, I have not seen the next two movies in years. Okay. So, we'll see how I feel. It's
1: been a long time since I saw Skyfall... I don't think I saw Spectre other than the time I bought the Blu-ray and wanted to make sure that it worked. <laughs> and I'm sorry to report that it did work and I had to watch Spectre again. <laughs> uh, I've,
0: I've seen Spectre twice. I saw it in the theater and then I watched yeah. it again a couple of years ago when a friend and I slowly went our way through all the Bond films. Okay. Yeah. I like the cold open. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
1: that's in two weeks. Yes. Yeah. So right off the bat, there's no gun barrel in this movie. Well there is. Well that's not entirely true. There is no gun barrel at the beginning of this movie. Okay. Why not? I don't understand. Because it's a sequel
0: directly, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, because it just opens straight into the action sequence. Yeah.
1: I mean his car could have come through the dot thing. I don't know. They could they could have figured out a way to make it work. Starting off on this car chase that, you know, right off the bat you're this is not edited in a way that helps you follow what's going on. No. You know, one of my favorite car chase scenes ever put to film is the Bourne Supremacy car chase in Russia. Mm -hmm. Because while there is a lot of cutting and stuff going on, you're pretty much able to tell where things are in relation to each other and what's happening and everything like that. And here is just a chaotic mess. Pretty much. Uh, Yeah.
0: Like, there's just a lot of shots of cars.
1: Yeah. And then you get, like, a two-frame glimpse of daniel craig's earlobe and then you're coming back to another car and yeah i it's not my favorite cold open although i've always liked the button at the end you know he goes into the garage and opens up the door or opens up the trunk and mr white's in there and you have to remember oh yeah mr white yeah uh and his line it's time to get out which I, I always think is all right. What is you say? It's bit.
0: not your favorite. What is your least favorite cold open?
1: Oh, my least favorite cold open. Hmm. Well, Let's see. You got the ludicrousness of the Thunderbolt jetpack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, hmm. There's the. I mean, this is redundant because it's in Live and Let Die. But you have the racist stuff at the beginning of Live and Let Die with the you know, the jungle and this fake snake thing and all that, which I was thought was pretty lame. Uh, yeah, those are probably jumped to top of my na- the list for me. Oh, for me, uh, it's gotta be, really thinking... I
0: will buy you a delicatessen and stainless steel.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't mind most of that, but that just, What? <laughs> i mean i i just appreciate the meta ness if that's a word of that whole co- cold opening just being a middle finger to kevin mcclory but <laughs> it doesn't work yeah, it doesn't really work at all yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad so yeah uh you get get the line and then you launch into the song
0: which you hate uh... Your brother in the nick of time.
1: I'm the dirty money. Heaven sent, honey, turning on a dime. I like it more than Madonna's song, but other than that, this is bottom three for me, uh, along with Die Another Day and that Spectre song that Sam Smith did.
0: I don't even remember the Spectre song.
1: Oh, you will. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like Jack White. I like Alicia Keys. I don't like them in this song.
0: (laughs) I think this song is fine. It doesn't. Yeah. It's not exciting. It's certainly not nearly as good as, as the one from Casino Royale, but
1: well, speaking speaking of unexciting, you have these credit things,
0: which are also fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, for some reason, Mark Forrester went with some other group instead of Daniel Kleinman, who's always been doing them ever since the Pierce Brosnan days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the little like gun barrel dot that turns into letters occasionally. I think that's clever but other, other than that there's nothing really worth writing about in this. Now I will work in a little bit um, there was a theme song that was not used for this movie that was written by David Arnold and performed by Shirley Bassey mm-hmm. and it has elements to it that you hear through in the music throughout the movie and it's probably not my favorite Shirley Bassey song but I think it works better than this
0: There's only so much you can give Only a fool forgets to live An easy thing to say The part
1: what it is David Arnold seems to have this thing where he writes a th- song that they don't use yeah I know but, I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, incidentally this is his last time doing a Bond movie to date at least unfortunately but we'll we'll talk about Thomas Newman next week hm. yeah so you know the credits are fine they do what's required of credits they show names uh, <laughs> but no one would ever accuse these of being memorable in any way I don't think. Nah. Like I think the only part that I like from a visual standpoint is when they have the all the women lined up and then they do kind of that old timey spin the wheel and the horse runs effect on them. I think that was kind of neat. Yeah, that is but, kinda cool. Yeah.
0: Kaleidoscope sort of thing.
1: Other than that it's a lot of sand. Yeah. There's... Which I guess fits with the movie. I mean, but... <laughs> does
0: it though? There's only sand in like the, the final end. part of the movie. Yeah. All right, so now we have a horse race. For reasons. Yeah, I guess. Just to, you know, show off that we're in Europe.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we're in Siena, Italy here, according to the little mm-hmm. location card we got at the very end of the thing. I I like the scene, I think. Uh, once again, you'd think MI6 would learn to not send M on location like this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Judy Dench, so you got to give her something to do.
0: Judy Dench is the only M that ever gets, like, endangered, I think, though
1: yeah well i mean ray fines does later i I suppose that's true yeah yeah
0: but he's fine he has those horcruxes he could fall back on (laughs) yeah so i do i do like when mr white you know is saying you know we have we have people everywhere am i right and all of a sudden the guard just starts shooting yep i think that works pretty well
1: yeah although again you have this weird editing choices where I thought M was shot at one point and killed. It kind of looked that way. And th- and then she's you see her running out, but...
0: I also feel like Bond should have cared more about White than running after the traitor.
1: Maybe. I mean, because he went to all this trouble to get White right. there, and White knows stuff. I mean, he has to go back and visit him in mm-hmm. two movies from now.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I, I feel like he should have let the guy go and, and secured yeah. White.
1: But then we wouldn't have a foot chase cut with the horse race for, for some reason
0: like this whole process is in cut with the horse race and it's yeah why yeah
1: <laughs> why do we need a horse race does Mark Forrester like horses I I don't know
0: yes yeah I don't really understand why we ha- keep seeing so many scenes of the horses
1: yeah like they're running through this abandoned like these tunnels and then crashing through the beams and then they cut it with crushing of hooves and stuff i don't know it's just bizarre yes thankfully this weird like non-sequitur cutting goes away after this sequence but
0: that's true i feel bad for the old lady's cherries
1: yeah she's she's very unhappy at this point
0: yeah and i do enjoy the fight in on the scaffolding
1: yeah it's 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 different it also feels born
0: inspired though it does like this whole movie does Right. Like I definitely would not see Roger Moore doing these scenes.
1: No. I don't I couldn't see anybody doing these scenes other than Daniel Craig.
0: That's true. Timothy Dalton maybe.
1: Maybe. Yeah, I mean the scaffolding works it's just again I struggle with like especially the first time I saw this I was struggling like where people were. Yeah. No, who it was is who. not
0: cut together very well.
1: And they made a bad decision I think in dressing the guy in black and then putting Bond in black. Yes. Or in a dark suit like somebody should have been wearing a different color. I mean, I guess the guy's sort of a charcoal color and not black, but you know what I mean? Like give him something distinctive. So we know who's who. Cause this guy looks a lot like Bond.
0: Yeah. It's not great, but I mean, I, I enjoy it even so. And I like, and I, and I like the fake out with the gun at the end.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That was a shot that I would think was in all the trailers too. The one where, you know, where Bond turns around and fires up from the rope.
0: Oh, was it? I don't need. Like even, I seem I to. Rem- I
1: seem anymore. to remember seeing that a lot.
0: I don't even know if I saw a trailer for this. I might have gone in behind mm. Oh. I can't remember. Two thousand eight yeah. was a while ago. That was. It was. Two economic collapses ago. I mean. <laughs> I, I. Later in this movie, they talk about how the dollar isn't worth what it used to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Just let like, go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 you don't
1: suck. <say>. Yeah. <laughs> So, here we are in London. One, one of my, and I put this in my notes. One of my pet peeves is when they say things like London, England. Yes, I, I, where, I also really like that transition. How it's like it's like yeah. carved into the street. I, I like all of these transitions. Like they're always stylized in a way. But yes, uh, London, England is so me.
0: common, and yeah, no one, yeah, no one is ever thinking of a different London.
1: Yeah, it's like London, Ontario. Uh, no. I mean they do it for the other places which is I guess fine because none of them are like London you know right if
0: it was Paris you don't have to say France but mm-hmm. when Siena I mean a lot of people don't know where that is
1: right and they're in, in this guy's apartment the the bodyguard we both made note of this line that M has where you know she's talking about how they, he said people you know White says we have people everywhere and she's like it's supposed to be hyperbole lots of people say that florists use that saying like, <laughs> yeah i love ranting M.
0: yes i mean nothing beats christ i missed the cold war but yes i like i like how she talks about how she gave him christmas presents every year including this ashtray and fawn's just like i don't think he smoked
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> uh we we find out that We have a new production designer on this movie because MI6 headquarters looks nothing like it ever has or ever will again. And (laughs) I think it's just boring. A little bit. This is also some really bad... UX going on here with the, this, like, slidey tabletop thing, although it's kind of cool. So, that was a
0: real thing back then. Yeah. Like, the, like the table like that.
1: Um, Microsoft Surface, Yeah, right?
0: so we talk about the Microsoft Surface today, and it means a tablet. Mm-hmm. But that's not what Microsoft Surface was no. when, it, when the product was first introduced. <laughs>
1: it was a giant, like, pool table
0: thing. Yes. Like, I literally have never met anyone who owned one. But... <laughs> it wasn't it was a real product in the mid 2000s.
1: Did not like CNN and them use it for their oh, election I don't, stuff. Oh, I'm sure they did. So, I mean, I'm sure this is
0: whatever Sony's knockoff version of that was, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was a real thing back then cuz they thought everyone was going to be was going to be doing stuff like that and not so much. Microsoft especially had a huge just loved touchscreen stuff in this time period this was around the time when windows 8 came out Mm -hmm. which was a touchscreen operating system for computers that don't have touchscreens
1: yep i remember that (laughs) that's why windows 10 came out
0: yes which still has a lot of that but thankfully not as less my problem with windows 10 is that it has two different versions of every settings window (laughs) (laughs) yeah but anyway we go to after we find out that we track some of the money that the trader had and we right
1: and and that's this is where i'm talking about where they are just they're mostly focused on getting from action stuff Mm -hmm. i've seen this movie about five or six times i still don't quite get this money thing like they had they put in they put in marked bills in lachif's money and now this guy has a whole bunch of them in his pocket even though he's british and they're american bills and somehow that connects him to somebody in haiti
0: Yeah, and he had just
1: one bill, and the
0: guy in Haiti had a bunch. Like, how did that... Yeah.
1: I I don't get it.
0: But, Bond goes to Haiti. That's a very dirty hotel. Yeah. Like, I get it, it's Haiti, but come on.
1: I I do like the hotel joke they do later on when they're in Bolivia. Yes! (laughs) Uh, They don't do that here, but yeah, this is...
0: Bond goes to Haiti, he's investigating the guy's room, guy comes out and tries to fight him. It doesn't end well for him.
1: They have a fight. Bond wins. Triangle Man. This is another Bourne-inspired fight, I think. Oh, yeah.
0: And I think especially, like, the way the guy dies at the end, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Just stab him in the leg and let him bleed out.
0: I think he had injury in the back of the head, too.
1: Maybe. So, yeah. I I mean, like, this this moment of Daniel Craig just kind of looking bored, Mm -hmm. waiting for the guy to die. Yeah, he's, like, holding his
0: wrist so that he knows the instant his pulse stops.
1: Yeah. And we... Get the briefcase from the desk, which he could have done, I guess, before he went in there. But, he, well, I guess he didn't know it was there.
0: Yeah, and then he gets, uh, picked he up. gets told, to, he gets picked up.
1: Yep, the little Ford electric car that they're contracted to have, I
0: guess. I guess. Like, I had forgotten yeah. that these were a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of alternative fuel in this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about fuel cells later, because why? Oh, yeah.
1: Um Yeah. <laughs> I do like this guy on a bike that's chasing them and apparently he's, he's supposed to be, or he thinks he's with Bond, because the, the guy that Bond killed. Yeah. And, uh, after he doesn't kill... You were supposed to shoot her. You're. Sh- he just, like, knocks him off the bike and steals it. Yeah.
0: I I no, I, I also like the part, because Bond has no idea what's in the briefcase until he opens it and hands her a blank piece of paper. And then... Yeah, and then she, there's a he's her like, photo and a gun. She's like, I guess someone wants to kill you. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah (laughs) we get walking and ranting M again with rory kinnear who's now joined the team
0: yes because bond says that slate was a dead end and yeah (laughs) em is like damn it, killed him him." yeah (laughs) (laughs) so we should say that rory kinnear is the new tanner yes and so now we are at one some sort of complex at the docks that Mr. Green has. Mm-hmm. So does everyone in Quantum have a color name? I don't... Is this like a... He, is is this like a... Um,
1: Something like Reservoir Dogs? Yeah,
0: that's the movie <laughs> I was trying to think of. Yes, is this a Reservoir Dogs <laughs> yeah. situation?
1: I don't think so. Also, what, is, what is Green doing here with this, like... I have no idea. Register tape.
0: <laughs> is he making a special design, or...? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no clue. But this is you know, one
1: of the thing. One of the things that sticks out to me now that I'm watching this again in mm-hmm. twelve years, thirteen years after the fact, I, I think the brown face thing they did here with the girl is unfortunate. Yes. Uh. Yeah.
0: Can I just say that I don't like Matthew, Amalric or Amalric In
1: this movie or in general? In
0: general, he looks weird. Okay. I. I well,
1: he does look weird. I yeah. don't.
0: He. I don't know. Like his face. He looks like he's he, he, he looks like he's sick. He has always looked like mm. he's like has some sort of wasting sickness or something. Yeah, I, I just never cared for him anyway. Okay, that is a very superficial I mean, I think... thing of, for me to say, but I just don't <laughs> like the way he looks. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, mean, I think he's fine in the movie. But... Yeah,
0: he's fine. He's not a nothing to get excited about. But yeah, I guess he's fine. no. Okay, anyway. So
1: we find out that you know he knew that he, you know he's drowned this guy in the water. Because I guess that's where you drown people. Uh, it works best. <laughs> yeah, she has. She clearly has this weird ulterior motive thing going on that we don't quite understand yet. And uh, I already forgot her name. Camille, I think. Yes. Yeah, Camille. Camille. I just watched this yesterday.
0: <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I I do remember always thinking from the beginning that this general guy is probably the worst part of the movie. Oh, he's. So bad. There's no reason for him to be in this movie.
0: No, he he he's not good.
1: I like Bond trying to pick her. Or he's claims he's trying to pick her up by uh, giving them the uh, Universal Exports card, which is a nice yeah tie back, and it even says Robert R Sterling on it, which is a nice little thing. But you you got you have to watch the extra behind Bond here while he's waiting on the bike with the broom. They... Yeah.
0: So I didn't catch this <laughs> until you pointed this out, but yeah, that broom is like a foot off
1: the ground. <laughs> I know, right?
0: <laughs> not, what are you doing? Yeah, he's worse than Q. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, and I bet his broom doesn't even have a radio in it. Probably not. But yeah, there something's going on here with this general and Green. Yeah, it seems so that he's... Green is.
0: It sounds like Green is going to help the general take over Bolivia.
1: Mm-hmm. And then he introduces her. Or introduces Camille, and there's clearly some kind of link between the two. So he like Green gives camille to the general like, everything about this general is just gross yes and we get now a boat scene boat chase i don't scene. hate the boat chase
0: no it's at least he doesn't try to like drive the boat down a road or anything
1: <laughs> and then make a turn
0: yeah the boat doesn't suddenly you know sprout wheels and he's not riding it around in saint mark's square
1: right well thank god <laughs> there's no pigeon double take in this movie no like somehow Camille gets knocked out and he just like gives her to somebody and walks away which I thought was That's interesting a
0: bit odd yes yeah was it like a boat valet I guess yeah what do you call a boat valet I'm sure it's not valet <laughs>
1: <laughs> valet boat parking I don't know
0: well it's not even parking it's like docking uh, valet docking yeah. I like how he gets the one boat away by puncturing it Yep. Like I'm watching this, I'm like, are these boats inflatable? They look inflatable. That's weird. Why are the yep, boats inflatable? It's inflatable. Oh, <laughs> that's why the boats are inflatable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't. I did enjoy that. And yeah. So he he shows up at like a marina, and yeah, it's like a guy, the dock attendant or something, and he just hands yeah. her to him. And even weirder that they don't like say like, dude. Right. Uh, dude, sir. W- what? Well, you can't do this.
1: <laughs> so we find out now you know bond is in the car and he calls home and he says i want you to do a name check on dominic green yes now both both dominic and green in the dominic green we talk about is spelled unusually yet somehow the system knows to search for dominic with a c and green with an e
0: yeah well dominic usually has a c but it often has a k as well right yeah exactly And it's the first result, too. There should have been a couple bad results, I think. No,
1: not him. No, not that guy. No.
0: Yeah. And then M calls CIA for information. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is when we get David Harbour? David
1: Harbour with an amazing mustache.
0: Amazing mustache? (laughs) Terrible acting. Yeah. Like, and and he's a good actor. He's, like, I've seen him in good things. This is not one of them.
1: No, he's so bad. Also, why is he in this movie? Uh, like, I know that this is continuing Bond's origin story. I don't need to see Felix Leiter get promoted. Yeah. Because.
0: This is a waste of Felix Leiter in this movie.
1: Well, why go and hire Jeffrey Wright to be Felix Leiter and then not put Jeffrey Wright in your movie? Yeah. I mean, he has that one really good scene towards the I end mean, that I like. Jeffrey a lot, Wright
0: but was not as big a name then as he is now
1: that's fair
0: like i would i would argue that these movies probably were what made him a big name maybe like we got got him into because then you start seeing him in more and more things mm-hmm. but yeah no i agree because jeffrey wright is a fantastic actor and he's barely in this movie
1: yeah i do like the uh the cutting here though of you know we have no interest in dominic green and then dominic green gets on the plane and sits down
0: yes and M points out that yeah you know the it they can say He's... they have no interest, but they transfer me directly to the, to the South American station chief, so... Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, I just have to say this, because I almost said it earlier, like, I think your mustache is better than beams. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, anyway. Uh, the, that's, 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 a uh, praising, that's, uh, damning with faint praise, I think, but, uh, or, okay. Praising with faint damn, or praising whatever you with... said once. Yes. <laughs> yeah and it's not a good look
1: (laughs) no no
0: (laughs) neither was my mustache to be fair uh
1: (laughs) no everything about him is just like this guy's a buffoon yeah and
0: it's weird it's weird to me that david harbour had a ridiculous cartoony mustache in a role with in the role where he is not in the eighties.
1: Yeah. I mean it almost belongs more in Stranger Things.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would have that would yeah. have made sense in Stranger Things.
1: I'm glad he doesn't have the mustache in Stranger oh, Things. Oh I am though.
0: too. Yeah, that's like a straight up like Ned Flanders mustache that he's got going on. <laughs> it's
1: now. it's pretty yes. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's like Okali dokali, we'll 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 help you with your coup <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> like that's there's no way that's his it's... real hair.
1: No. Oh, man. <laughs>
0: anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, they're on the plane, and uh, Green says that he has a pest and shows him a photo of Bond. hmm And I, I, I like how... I don't remember his name, so I'm just going to keep calling David, him David Harbour. Uh, David Harbour throws the phone to Felix. Felix doesn't even look. He just grabs it out of the air.
1: Yep. I like that. Because Felix is a badass.
0: But at the same time, like... David Harbour is like, like, he has to know that Felix would know what James Bond looks like.
1: I mean, didn't he help him with that casino thing (laughs) Right. Plus, (laughs) later in the movie, when James calls him, like... Yeah.
0: He doesn't pretend it's not Bond when he's sitting right next to David Harbour. He's just like, okay, James, why don't you come in? Like, I mean... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's weird. It's a weird... That's weird. Gregory Beam is... His name in this movie. Eh. Okay.
0: <laughs> David Harbour.
1: <laughs> uh now we get this whole you know, build up to the opera, which for my money might be the best segment of the movie.
0: Mm. Yes. I get this and um one of the Mission Impossibles had a opera scene. And I get them yes. confused in my head sometimes.
1: I think it was the third one? No. No?
0: No. Fourth, I think. Fourth, okay. Because the third one was the one with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman.
1: Right, yeah. No, no, it wouldn't be that one.
0: How many Missions Impossible have there been?
1: Many. Six, like,
0: maybe? They're surprisingly still good. Like
1: They are, yeah.
0: But I am looking forward to Mission Impossible 7. Because, like, other than the second one, they've all been great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's also... The Mission Impossible movies, man, purchase goes so far off the rails of this of this episode. The mission, yeah. the Mission Impossible movies, sort of feel like the Fast and the Furious movies, to me, in the way that if you look at the very first one compared to where the franchise mm-hmm. is now, like they're basically yeah. entirely different series.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It still blows my mind that Brian De Palma directed the first movie. It's a really good movie. It is, and it was co-written by Robert Town, the guy that wrote. Chinatown, which we're going to be talking about later, I think. Uh, so, my only, my biggest complaint
0: with the first Mission Impossible is when Ethan Hunt sends an email to Max at Job314. <laughs> we've, we've talked about this before. We probably have. Yeah. <laughs> anyway.
1: I think that's the first time I ever saw somebody do email in a movie, but...
0: Man, we should watch the Mission Impossible movies when we finish Bond.
1: I, I'd be up for that. All right, anyway, let's get back to Bond. Anyway, so, I I do think this is clever where these operatives have these little earpieces and they're going to talk to each other during the opera in some sort of clandestine way. But,
0: like, don't the people sitting near them hear them talking?
1: It would be annoying.
0: Yeah, like, how many of these people are getting shushed, you know?
1: Yeah. I really like Bond's thing where he's like, you, you people should really find another place to meet, and then he just waits for people to get up and leave.
0: Yeah. And only Mr. White is smart enough to be like Yep. No.
1: No, nope, I'm I'm just gonna take him out take out my earpiece and stay here and watch Tosca. Which I do like his line where he's like, Well Tosca's not for everyone. So this was a real
0: a real performance of Tosca that they just filmed at. Like it was an actual oh, is it? Per- okay. open to the public performance that they just had lots of extras going to see. Oh, okay. According to the uh, according to the
1: Interesting. That would make also. sense, because this is such an elaborate thing to set up just for one yes. scene. I have not seen Tosca, I don't really know anything about it, but this is a very...
0: I have honestly never seen any opera.
1: I imagine this is a very bizarre staging. I like how they work in the music from the opera as, you know, he's leaving, and I think it's... This whole thing is actually edited really when well. When the gunfire
0: occurs at the same time yeah. as the... Yeah, that works well.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, like, all the sound cuts out other than the opera for a while
0: i really i okay so i just complained about like, i don't like the actor playing green but like i really mm-hmm. do like the way he his eyes go wide when he sees bond i think that was yeah. really good physical yeah. acting there
1: yes oh and they come down the stairs and he's there yeah yeah i i have one minor complaint mm-hmm. uh where you know again i think we're just t- making we're, we're taking existing or proposed technology and going way too far with it where he takes the picture of the back of the dude's head and somehow it reconstructs his face <laughs> yeah that's not a thing you get a moment here on the roof that reminds me of the dude in cairo in the, the spy who loved me a little bit where yes you know he grabs the guy and then bond just knocks him off the roof
0: i like how he lands on green's car and green's like is he <laughs> one of ours no well then he shouldn't be looking at me Should
1: be looking at me yeah yeah <laughs> We find out that he's an important person, and now Bond's going to get in trouble for presumably killing him. Yep, he
0: was a bodyguard for for Guy Haynes, special envoy to the Prime Minister.
1: Yep. Meanwhile, M has an enormous bathroom.
0: Well, I mean, M has always lived in luxury.
1: M, M has a fireplace in her bathroom.
0: I okay. Remember M's dining room.
1: <laughs> that's right. Yes.
0: <laughs> this is this is par for the course.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. Also I want a fireplace in my bathroom but also like it's not a separate like there's a bed in that bathroom too like
1: oh, it's an ensuite.
0: yeah, so it's not like it's not really a fireplace in the bathroom per se. it's more a bathtub in the bedroom.
1: okay, which is weird because
0: there isn't a toilet. it's just a bathtub in the middle of the bedroom. yeah well, it feels you know like there might be some yeah. you know mold issues with that but <laughs> <laughs> maybe a nice bathtub though.
1: It is a nice bathtub.
0: And we we hear that M apparently has a significant other.
1: Well, he he was in bed with her. Oh,
0: that's right, he was. Casino
1: Royale. I forgot and then they mention him dying in Skyfall. Okay. And you know, mean she's now basically burned yeah. bond here. You're a
0: loose cannon, turning your back in your gun. Yeah. Well, th- though that actually happens later. But
1: yeah. You know, he goes to the airport and his cards declined and She's like, do you have any other, do you have another car? And he's like,
0: no. But I do like how he's like, they're going to call in a few seconds. And can you tell them I went somewhere else?
1: Yep, sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> after all, he's Bond.
0: Yeah, just everyone does, you know, he's got the the Bond charm.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of Bond charm, he goes and visits Mathis here and gets him to listen to him.
0: All right, so I'm going to complain about something. Uh-huh. That all that like is an actual style choice that people choose to do, and I can't stand it. And it's the sweatshirt tied around
1: the neck. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a fan of the David Marcus look?
0: No, I am
1: not. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I always think of. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> but like, it's a like thing. If you, if you ever listen, if you ever listen to the director's commentary on Star Trek II. Nicholas Meyer goes on, like, a five-minute rant about why he shouldn't have gotten crap for making David Marcus wear a sweater around his neck like that.
0: (laughs) I have not listened to that one, actually. I should. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it's a thing that, like, rich white people do. Yes. As, like... And you never actually see them wear the sweatshirt. They, like, they woke up that day and decided as part of their outfit they were going to tie a sweater around their neck. And I just do not understand it. It looks dumb, and there's no reason. F- Why would you think that's a good fashion accessory? I don't understand. Like, who looks at that and thinks, that's something I'm going to wear today? Yeah. Because Mathis is inside his house. He It wasn't like right. he went out somewhere and thought maybe he might need a sweatshirt. No. No. And he's an otherwise very fashion-conscious person. Yeah. So it's just like, what the hell? Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I just have no. always hated that look. It just, and, I, and it, of course, like Yopi, I associate it with rich douchebags. But anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to have derailed this podcast so many times no, this
1: week. No, 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 no. I, I like the very end of the scene where Bond's trying to convince Mathis to go with him. And then his wife, or whoever it is, is like, "I would need your hands on my skin," and that's like, they cut, and like Mathis is gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's like, "I don't want to do this anymore. I gotta go." I've never flown on a Virgin Atlantic flight, so I don't know if they actually have open bars like this on the plane.
0: Maybe if you are in the fancy plane, like in Maybe. like first class, it's possible, I guess. Yeah,
1: I also don't think that a Virgin Atlantic bar, no matter how fancy it is, is gonna have kinilay. In on <laughs> Probably not among no. their bottles because they don't even make like, it anymore. But I'm feeling like even if I flew on a
0: version Atlantic, I wouldn't be allowed in the bar unless because I'm not going to fly first class, right? But yeah, I yeah, because they've got like the whole like sleeping area and everything. Like, this is like mm-hmm. this is a type, this is... this is a section of the airplane that they don't let people like me in. You right. you <laughs> have to be wearing a sweat. You, wear sweatsh- you have to wear a sweatshirt around your neck to get into this part of the plane, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> And we end up in Bolivia We meet Agent Fields
0: Strawberry Fields forever
1: Yes, well yes, if you watch the credits You find out her first name is Strawberry, of course
0: So, she looks like a flasher I was just about to say that (laughs) She's wearing this overcoat And the way it's draped on her It looks like she's not wearing anything underneath
1: Yeah, like she's wearing either a very short skirt or shorts or something right uh yeah but what it comes off as is she looks like a flasher flasher no she absolutely does now we get we get the sitcom sequence here of math is trying to talk on the phone while the cab driver's talking his ear off
0: giving us foreshadowing about water crisis yeah
1: yeah i do like they go to this dumpy hotel because their cover is that they're supposed to be school school teachers on holiday and Bond's like, yeah, I'm not staying here.
0: I'd rather stay in a morgue.
1: Yeah, exactly. They, they drive to the fancy hotel. The guy goes in, he's like, hello, we're school teachers on holiday. We just won the lottery.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like how the, the, the guy that does is just like, congratulations.
1: Congratulations, yeah. yeah.
0: So then they go and check out their suite, and Bond's walking around the bedroom, and he calls <laughs> I can't find the stationery. will you help me look <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that apparently works for James Bond if you're James yeah. Bond, you can say that and the and the woman will sleep with you Um
1: yep. well, we should have known this because she's a flat wearing a flasher coat
0: oh, oh yeah, that's fair. I mean she was already yeah, <sighs> yeah. she was probably already willing uh, <laughs> in the extended cut you see your take the you see her take the coat off from the back as she's walking in it, yeah. <laughs> You can, yeah. you can cut that um <laughs> anyway but yeah that that is just like maybe if you look like daniel craig that line works um yeah but i can't imagine actually using that line on someone
1: no <laughs> well then she like looks in the in the door laughs and then gets up and goes in yeah
0: so like, like she knows what he's doing yeah oh she knows exactly what's going on and she's down with it
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, she, I think she really is a flasher because she tells Bond she has nothing to wear. That's true. The coat really <laughs> was all she had. Yeah. So anyway, Mathis gets Bond invited to a fancy party that Green is hosting.
1: Mm-hmm. It is a fancy party. It
0: is. Green gives a stirring speech about saving the environment. Yep. And Camille is there. Yeah. And Mathis introduces Bond to his friend, the colonel in the army. Yep. Who says the entire police force is at his disposal? Also foreshadowing.
1: Yes. There's a quick shot of Felix Leiter looking absolutely miserable.
0: Oh, I didn't. I didn't even see that. When is that?
1: Um, it's after. It's right after Bond talks to the Colonel, and then he goes upstairs. Yeah, it's. It's just they just cut to Jeffrey Wright looking. Oh yeah, there he is. Unhappy. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sees
0: Bond walking, walking by.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, he definitely doesn't look happy about it.
1: No. And then Green is seemingly going to push her off the balcony here.
0: That's a really, they really need to do some repairs on that balcony. Yeah. Yeah, so Camille shows up and sabotages Green's conversation with a pr- prospective donor. Mm-hmm. And yes, Green is going to push her off the balcony until James walks up and stops it. And Strawberry Field stops Green's goon from going after them which she probably shouldn't have done in the grand scheme of things.
1: No, probably not.
0: So, yeah, Bond and Camille leave the hotel, and the police pull them over immediately. You know, the police that are at his disposal.
1: Right. Because it turns out that uh, something's in the trunk here.
0: Mathis is in the trunk. Yeah. And, okay, so when he picks up Mathis, they're like, the police are like, he's moving, shoot him! Like, did they think that Ma- they had killed Mathis? maybe it seems like a weird thing to say, yeah, because Mathis was very much not dead until they shot him in the back five times, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Mathis dies we have a we have this sweet scene with him and Bond forgiving each other and him saying to telling him to forgive him and Mathis telling him to forgive himself for Vesper and mm-hmm then he dies and Bond throws him a dumpster
1: right. Which I always found a little jarring. Yeah.
0: And Camille's like, this is how you treat your friends? Well, he
1: wouldn't care. He wouldn't care. And then he steals his money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sure Mathis would have given it to him. Sure. But, you know. And then
0: they go and drive to an airstrip in the desert. Yep. Like, I don't recall. At what point did Bond... Oh right, because they they know the land that the geologist was looking at. Okay, right. That's right.
1: Because through this whole thing, they keep talking about Green buying this land and then having rights to oil that they or he says whatever we find there right. is ours mineral rights with the implication basically. that they're that yeah that they're looking for oil.
0: Yeah, everyone assumes it's oil, but right. And in fact, that's what the CIA bargained for was all was mm-hmm. was oil. So you know they're not going right. to get anything out of their deal. So. They're flying. And they see a sinkhole, and then they get attacked by another plane.
1: I'm confused about the physics of all this stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit.
1: And I'm sorry. Like towards the end, like eventually, they end up jumping out of the plane and open their parachute like five feet before the ground. Like they're dead.
0: Yeah, that's a common thing. Like I feel like we've had this com- that exact conversation already in previous <laughs> one uh, in in the same podcast.
1: Yes. But I don't think I've ever seen it quite this egregious. It's pretty bad. But it's a good thing they fell where they did.
0: Yeah, very convenient for the plot. Yeah. So they're in this. They're in the sinkhole.
1: Meanwhile, M's going in to talk to somebody. We get the M walking and ranting again. Yes. We get this guy who. I'm glad they got rid of him and put in Ray Fiennes in the next movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind him at all. It's just
0: Ray Fiennes is better.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because i It feels like it's the same position, if not the same guy.
0: Yes. So, yeah. And he's basically saying that even if Bond is right, even if Green is a villain, they still have to deal with people, whether they're villains or not. Which which feels right,
1: actually. Yeah.
0: That's actually how foreign policy really works. Um,
1: yeah. We, we know he's a bad person, but we need him. Yeah. So we're going to put up with him.
0: So back in the sinkhole, we get the backstory about how the general killed Camille's family. Mm-hmm. And then we discover that hey, they've been damming up all the underground water. Yep. So you know.
1: So they they've borrowed from the plot of Chinatown. Yeah, there's
0: been some. Yeah, there's been a, a China. Forget it, James. It's Chinatown.
1: Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, <laughs> which we both wrote in our notes yes, actually.
0: <laughs> which I would only oh which I only knew to do because at your constant urging I finally watched Chinatown earlier this year.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes, this. They don't have the 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 whole land is drying up because all the water's been dammed up underground. Yep. I'm not sure how feasible this is, like to actually dam up all all the groundwater.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, like most Bond movies, this plot has been exhaustively researched oh, I'm to the sure. point where it, it is entirely plausible oh, and Oh, absolutely.
0: Iron tight. They never do anything implausible in a Bond film.
1: No. So
0: bond and camille make it back to the hotel
1: yep i like the look they get from that couple as they walk in and they're all disheveled
0: yes it's kind of how when it's kind of like how bond walked in walked into that hotel in, and <laughs> in,
1: in, in, in die another day <laughs>
0: yes yeah
1: <laughs> he gets a note from fields that just says to run yep that's ominous
0: a little bit and Bond walks into his room, and there's M. Mm-hmm. And this is the "you're a loose cannon" turning your badge and your gun scene. Yes, it is. And we see that Fields was drowned in
1: oil. S- slight homage to Goldfinger here. A little here, bit I think. here, yeah,
0: where she's left yep. on the bed
1: covered in oil. Yep, it works. Yeah, for me anyway. Bond makes short work of these MI6 thugs in the elevator here, so he can get away.
0: Yeah, like disturbingly short work
1: yeah considering they're supposed to be mi6 agents they would
0: presumably have the same training he does yeah
1: yeah i do like though that he runs back into m mm-hmm. and uh unofficially she gives him as her blessing to go yeah. do what he's gonna do which i appreciate yes and you know bernard lee was always good at doing this too mm-hmm. where actually i think the best example is in uh, the man with the golden gun where he's like you know taken off duty and then bond says well if I were to find him, wouldn't that change things? And he's like, yeah, that kind of would. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Yeah. So then Bond leaves
0: the hotel and Camille picks him up in a car again. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first one, first movie where we've seen a, an original VW Beetle in a little bit. Could, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and they were in most of the older ones, but obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. So Bond calls the CIA. Yep. Talks to Felix, sets up a meeting. And feeling. Like, you get a
1: good scene here. Yeah.
0: So, this could just be me, but I feel like the bartender looks like a Bolivian uh, Danny McBride.
1: Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: the way. With the curly hair and the close cut curly yeah, beard. Yeah, I, yeah. Anyway. I. I yeah. <laughs> like, at f- the first I was like, wait, is that Danny McBride? And then I went back, no. Okay. But. <laughs> That would
1: be a weird cameo. Uh, <laughs> that, that would be. It's either Danny McBride or Lionel Richie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the com- combination of the two.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, Felix does give Bond the information he needs right before the hit squad tries to kill him.
1: Mm hmm. And I like all the gunshots going on around him, and Felix is just sitting there drinking his beer.
0: Yep. No, Felix is awesome in the, you know, two and a half minutes that we actually see him in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Bond is going to a hotel in the middle of the desert where the money is being handed off from Green to the General. Yep. This hotel.
1: Ugh.
0: Why does this hotel
1: exist? I don't know. It's
0: in the middle of nowhere. Yep. It does, it's not even on the power grid. We know this because it runs on hydrogen fuel cells <laughs> which surely is not the most efficient way to power a hotel in the middle of the desert you know where there's no. all that
1: sunlight I mean we, I mean for for like a second I was like well maybe this is part of Green's cover because he's an environmentalist as his you know cover and I'm like wait no they're in the sun there are better ways to power a building Yeah, no, off the there grid if you're trying desert. to maintain could your cover. They just set up
0: all the solar panels. Yeah.
1: <laughs> why is this hotel I mean, here?
0: Are there I any other know. guests at this hotel?
1: <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> not anymore. Um, <laughs> Considering what happens to the hotel, I hope not.
0: Yeah, well, that's because they power the damn thing with hydrogen fuel cells.
1: <laughs> well, that's why they did, so they could... Have it explode later, I guess. I guess. Also, Bond has to be really hot in this black, like, jacket thing he's wearing. A little bit. In the desert. Anyway. Because now they're both on their own little mission, revenge mission here.
0: Yeah. Bond's going uh, after Green, and she's going after the General.
1: I sort of like the look of that common area that they're in here. But the rest of the hotel, is just... It's, like, Bond villain lair aesthetic that I Even the common area is
0: pretty Bond villain lair aesthetic. It's, it's
1: very Bond villain-esque, yeah.
0: yeah. I was saying to you before we started recording this, that I had forgotten this was a hotel. And, like, in my uh-huh. head, I think I may have even mentioned this, that I like, that one of the things I like about this movie is how it has a more traditional Bond villain plot, complete with, like, the evil lair. Because, like, mm-hmm. in my head, this was just Green's, you know, remote evil villain lair. Yeah. But no, it's just some random hotel in the middle of the desert. Mhm. What? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
1: So the only the only thing I like about the general, because I can't stand the general mm-hmm. is this scene here where Green's like, please sign this, signing over the land and he does and then he's like, And now you can sign this because we get to be your utilities contractor for ever and get to charge you all this money for the water and just the way he reacts to this whole thing where he's been duped. They, you know, they're they're completing this plot here that they had had set up. And he goes along with it because he has, really has no choice other than to do it. And uh, he's like, well, the first thing you signed, you just gave us all your water, so sorry. Uh, I re- But other than this scene, I have no use for this guy. Yeah, uh, no. We, we get the, the really unnecessary rape scene later. <sighs> yeah. Why? Why there was
0: no there? need for him to have him raping the hotel, yeah, person,
1: wait waitress or whatever. Yeah, like her whole her whole role is to take his beer the order hostess, and then carry his beer around. Yeah,
0: there's yeah that was completely unnecessary. We already
1: know he's a bad person mm-hmm. because of Camille's backstory and the fact that he's and the fact that he's trying to do coup. a coup. Yeah, you know, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. This entire climax is just sort of meh. Yeah. All right, so. Bond kills the colonel because the colonel kills Mathis, which causes the car to crash into the fuel cells and causes the whole hotel to catch fire. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess.
1: Not <laughs> just bad design. Yeah, this is like the Ford Pinto of hotels.
0: Yeah, and it has sprinklers, but they apparently aren't good enough because, well, yeah. well, sprinklers' water won't do much against the hydrogen fire. But no, <sighs> anyway. If, if water would put out a hydrogen fire, then a hydrogen fire would put itself out very quickly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So, and then Bond fights Green. I do like it when Green gets the axe to his toes.
1: On That he does himself.
0: Yes. But Bond leaves Green behind to go save Camille after Camille has already killed the general but is stuck in the burning room. Mm-hmm. I I like how Bond is resigned to the fate, and he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, kill, the, he's gonna kill both of them to prevent them from having to b- be burned alive until just at the last minute, he, the wall panel falls off, and he sees the tank he can shoot. I, I do like Yeah, that.
1: that's, a, that's a good, mo- that's a good beat there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, yeah, he chases after Green, and catches up to him, and, you know, just says, I'm just gonna leave you in the desert, and gives him a bottle of motor oil, which is poetic justice there
1: that apparently does drink it
0: yes because he was later found but he was also hunted down and shot by the quantum people (laughs) which i found amusing
1: they don't mess around
0: no they do not as we have already determined
1: right and then we get this little coat. well first we say goodbye to camille um i could be wrong i think this is the first bond movie where he doesn't sleep with the main female character in the movie it might be I mean, I don't know when they would have had time to do that anyway, but still.
0: Yeah, and I like... So Bond then goes to Russia Mm -hmm. to catch the guy that had got Vesper caught up in all of this in the first place.
1: Yeah, the the boyfriend that was referenced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we find out that he's now with a Canadian agent who's played by Dana Caddick, Mm -hmm. who I don't think was very well known at this point because no castle this would have been come before on castle yeah but i can't help but wish that we had a dana caddick role in a bond film that was more than a minute long
0: yes yeah because she's a good actress mm-hmm. but I, I i do like this how he you know yep he and he doesn't even kill him
1: no no which i like
0: yes Yeah, and then M says, M tells him that they found Green dead in the middle of the Bolivian desert with two bullets in his skull and motor oil in his stomach. Does that mean anything? (laughs) No, I have no (laughs) idea.
1: No, yep. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. And And we
0: find out that Felix Leiter gets promoted. mm -hmm. And I do like when M says, I need you back, and he says he never left, because he really hadn't. He was, in fact, on the job the whole time, whether the job wanted him or not.
1: Right, and then he... Throws the necklace into the snow. Yep. And for some reason, we then get the gun barrel, which is the worst gun barrel I've ever seen. It's not good. Uh,
0: No. And that's Quantum of Solace.
1: That's, That's Quantum of Solace, the shortest Bond film in the franchise at just a tick over one hour and 45 minutes. And is
0: a movie. Yeah. I would... Call this the Tomorrow Never Dies of Daniel Craig's era. I was
1: about to say the exact same thing. It's not great, but it's certainly not at all objectionable. Like, there's nothing bad about it, really. Or nothing that ruins it for me. They make some questionable choices in how they put the movie together, but I think they, you know, they set out to make a more grounded in reality Bond movie, and I think they did that. Yeah. Huh. I'm. Just reacting because I paused the movie during the cast credits, and there's a an entry for additional voices by Guillermo del Toro and Alfonso Caron. What? So that's interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Those are two names you wouldn't expect for that credit.
1: No. I mean, do they just show up at uh you know, filming or something, and sort of like how Daniel Craig shows up in Star Wars. (laughs) Yes. Which I had, which I didn't notice, and then ever since I heard about it, I can't unhear his voice. Yeah, same. Like, how did, it's like, how did I not recognize his voice?
0: Yeah. But no, I did, also didn't recognize his voice. I also didn't, I also didn't and still don't recognize Simon Pegg's voice. No. Yeah, those, uh, those, um, cameos in force awakens were kind of like simpsons cameos we're
1: like a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah you, you I, I think what you said about this being that tomorrow never dies makes sense because i could also say that probably skyfall is kind of like the world is not enough yeah and specter is definitely the die another day if you're gonna keep <laughs> yeah. keep that going i so. would watch die another day over
0: specter any day
1: <laughs> oh, yes i would too
0: <laughs> die In another fact, day is at least ridiculously fun yeah specter nah
1: no not at all (laughs) but i'm looking forward to seeing skyfall again i haven't watched it in a long time yeah same and i remember really liking it the first time i saw it and then every time i saw it after that i'm like this isn't as good as i remembered thank you so much for listening to us this week if you would like to contact us you can find us on twitter at Podspiel. Or you can send us an email at Spielpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Listening to Film. And you can find me on Twitter
0: at Tyrannicus. All right. Well, next week we will talk about Skyfall. <laughs>